I'm Jimmy James. I'm Carl Knapp. Carl is a practicing attorney in Montgomery County, Pennsylvania. We're longtime friends, and once a week we get together to talk about divorce, child support, custody, criminal law, and much more. So come hang out, because this is Just Lawing Around. Welcome back, everybody, to the Just Lawing Around podcast. Today we have a repeat guest on the podcast. It is Gina, who we had on a previous podcast. And if you recall, if you listen to that one, Gina is has been representing herself in court, in family court in Bucks County, and she has been working her way through the Bucks County legal system. She was just recently back in court uh, this week, and she wanted to come back on, talk to James and I about her experiences in court. And I understand, uh, Gina, that... Even though you were in court this week, I believe all your filings, or at least some of your filings, were done almost a year ago. Is that when things started on this most most recent round? Uh, yes. My petition to modify um, was at the beginning of 2022, so that's what concluded this week. Is that and we, that, that yeah, generally takes that long to process, or is that because of like the pandemic stuff? No, it, it took that long to process because of the nature of the modification and the fact that we needed um, CCES evaluation, which took about four months. And then there was a guardian ad Leiden attached to it. And that then took another four to five months. So for somebody who doesn't understand, like myself, what exactly is that evaluation? And what is the, the guardian ad Leiden? Like, what, what, what are both of those? Carl, if you want to answer, you can, but either one of you. I, I can give you the general background as to what these things are. The CCES evaluation is something that they do in Bucks County. And what it is, is it's a reduced fee custody evaluation. And you meet with a custody evaluator who is usually like a psychologist. And Gina will tell us who she met with. And then they render a decision after talking to the parties and that decision gets sent to the judge for review and the judge can determine whether or not they're going to accept that recommendation or not so is is that sound about what you guys uh, went through gina yes that's um very accurate and you know from my standpoint in a nutshell it was we were assigned a psychologist in bucks county who is signed up to do these for the courthouse and that person got intimately involved with what was going on in our situation and met personally with each party and our child and all of us together and accepted evidence. And um, also, you know, you give them a list of third parties that have been in contact with us, you know, in our difficulties and they want to talk with your friends and your family there ended up being over 20 something third party contacts for this person to make. And her interviews with each of them were not, you know, shorter than 40 minutes. Wow. Um, you yeah, that's, that's very involved. That. So, yeah. So all in all, it costs about like 1500 a person and however long it takes, it takes. And then, yes, then they put a lot of findings into a report that cannot be released from the courthouse. So you need to, go there to read it and they keep it under lock and key so it's a special report 
And what's the benefit of that? For is is it a benefit for both of you? Is it is that a court ordered thing? Like what is it just like so somebody can get a feel for the whole situation and come as a neutral party to the judge? Yeah, yeah, it's about getting neutrality. And in my case, I had suggested it as one potential avenue that we would want to investigate with my modification because what has been happening over all of the years is her father will say he's doing certain things, but he's not present and he's not there at all. And he's doing other things. And, you know, there had been, um, I think the the biggest thing, the reason why I suggested it was there was involvement with children and youth that I did not engage. Like I did not open that was opened um, from my child's school on a number of occasions uh, pointed at him and so with the CCES, that uh, children and youth workers that get involved get to go ahead on the record and put down their experiences in dealing with those reports, which, you know, everything was very helpful and really, really showed her father to be extremely unstable. So it's getting a better look when parties are not being honest or transparent. And so when they want to interview somebody, you know, these contacts and stuff, and maybe this is more a question for you, Carl, but are they obligated, these people obligated to respond? Is it kind of like a, a subpoena type deal or? They're not. They're not subpoenas. Yeah. So we each had to sign um, consent forms for uh, for the parties that dealt with both of us. Like if it was um, a psychologist or a school official or somebody who was, you know, otherwise a neutral party just dealing with us, we each had to sign consent. So we did get those done when we went in person. She put a stack of them in front of him and said, you have to sign these because I'm understanding I need to reach these people. And then he signed them too. And then friends and family, you know, you just, the one person signs consent um, for her to reach them. Um, so that's yeah. how it worked. It had nothing to do with subpoenas. And a couple of the mental health care um, did not, uh, reach back or schedule anything. And then that was noted in the report that they were unable to be reached. Yeah. And I think to answer your question, James, they, you don't have, if you're just a friend or a family member and, and Gina calls and says, Hey, I, I want you to talk to the CCES evaluator. You don't have to talk to them. If, if that was, you know, you don't, I'm not obligated to talk to them if I don't want to, obviously mm -hmm. if I'm a friend of Gina and I know that she's a good mom, I'm going to be happy to say, yeah, you know, I, I've seen her with the child. She's great with the child. She takes care of the child. So you, you're going to generally give them a list of people that you think are going to help your case, obviously, and people that will cooperate. Right. The other thing I just want to touch on when you say, like, what are the benefits? You, I forget, how many people did you say they, they talked to? 10 20 there ended up being no there ended up being about 26 in total so 26 so like people have to understand i if you go to court on a custody modification the judges are generally going to want to hear from mom and they're going to want to hear from dad that's a, that's about it they are not going to hear from 26 different people so one of the benefits of the CCES evaluation is, yes, you get the input from all these people, but especially like in Bucks County, I think they give you a half a day for a custody case. So you have about three hours to put your case on. So the judge isn't going to sit there and listen to 26 you mm -hmm. know, witnesses to say, oh, she's a great mom and he's, he's a bad dad. 
So you, you really get a lot of bang for your buck. And look, if you had to pay for a custody valuation out of your pocket, they could be ten or fifteen thousand dollars. So you're you're saying yours was fifteen hundred each? Yeah, it was fifteen hundred each. Yeah. It came to which like twenty nine hundred total. Which yeah. is amazing. that's amazing when you consider how many people and how much time they spent. But the yeah. the other thing you, you touched on was the guardian ad litem. So how did that work? And and people who don't understand what Ooh, that wait, is. I'm sorry, I don't want to cut you off. I, I had another yeah. question about. Oh, I'm sorry about, <laughs> about the evaluation. Yeah, I'm I'm sorry. I just so so it's voluntary whether you whether you communicate with them or not. That's a voluntary. You know, you enter into that voluntarily. But what what if somebody enters into that and you know lies? I mean, I'm sure it happens all the time, but would it, it be does, a contempt, a perjury or anything? Are there any ramifications no. for that? No, no. I, I would agree with you. Yeah, there's, no. you're not under I oath. Mean, you're not. Yeah. Yeah. You're not like his his um, parents each had false statements in the report, you know, claiming I wasn't going to family birthday parties when they held them. And like I, I have pictures of the parties and videos of me. They're on my Facebook like, you know, and then I thought, do I go ahead and refute this? And it's like. No, there was there was no other um, reason for me to spend time on those things because there were uh, bigger issues that were brought to light in the report. Okay, so. and then also somewhere in the in in the conversation, you had said that it ended up benefiting you more, and a lot of things about him were brought to light. I, without getting too detailed and personal, can you talk about any of that stuff? Is this like specifically what you meant? Uh, yeah, so it was things like he's already talked about in court. You know, I was coming, you know, me, I've, uh, we did have a CCS years ago, but, you know, and I realized he lied in that. So when I was coming at this, I thought, well, I'll be able, I have all the evidence now. I'll be able to sit there and refute, you know, everything he's saying and everything false because he did that again. But the things that transpired were, um, the fact that I had a contempt from a couple of years ago when my daughter, you know, she's claiming to be around like drugs and alcohol, like a great deal of time. And one of the big things that came out was the evaluator said, um, it is strongly understood that this father is using um, drugs and marijuana uh, or at least marijuana and alcohol um, and potentially other prescription medications that are not prescribed to him. Uh, in the presence of the child, we strongly believe that, although we have been unable to uncover hard evidence because, you know, he has not been written up for this. Right. And um, it was like his mental conduct the whole entire time was just non-existent. And the lady was like uh, asking him questions and then he admitted something. Um, oh, I only use when I'm out of state beyond state lines. OK, mm. what does that mean? Well, when I this, well, when I that and dance around the whole thing. So then she made a point in her report. She said, I strongly believe that father is, you know, I think that this needs to be understood and rectified. I'm sure that, that opinion that holds it, a lot so. of weight, too. Yeah, it does. It holds a great deal of weight. Yep. Yeah. And um, how did and that so play out? So, like so it, the report goes to the judge. Mm -hmm. right. So the CCES report goes to the judge. I mean, the parties get to see it. But like you said, you can't you can't keep a copy of it or disseminate it but ultimately the judge reviews it right yes and, and then did, well, what's the point after the judge a yeah, copy of that say that again it's, it's it's highly personal they say it's highly personal in nature and they don't want it released 
That's all they so say. So the only people that could go in and view it, I assume, would be only you or him or anybody yeah, involved. Yeah, near I guess. him, his, you know, if you have representation, it's allowed to be kept at the attorney's office and okay. it can't leave the attorney's office. So he would have to go to his attorney's office. If the attorney gets released, the, the report has to go back to the courthouse. Okay. So yeah, I've, I've gotten them. You know, they if I'm representing a party who does a CCES, uh, I've had a few of them over the years. I don't. I think they're beneficial, but it, generally, both parties have to agree to it. And usually, one party seems to think or understand that, hey, if I agree to this, I might get cooked you know <laughs> so i'm yeah, not agreeing I mean, there's always to it. one party that's doing the wrong and one party <laughs> that's doing right yeah, exactly <laughs> right so <laughs> okay but so you, and in yes. this case it seems like it was a big benefit to you and then i guess my second question we can we can move on to which is the the guardian part what exactly mm -hmm. is that what's the purpose and how did that benefit you sure so um i will say from the very start um i learned if the guardian is the idea of the court and the court demands a guardian. It's free of cost to the parties. However, I had put it as another option. I said it might be a good idea to have a guardian. Um, they represent the child. So um, since I suggested it and the judge agreed, uh, we had to pay out of pocket 50-50 and it was a $475 per hour fee. So oh, the guardian fuck. ended up being astronomically expensive, and I felt like I had an attorney again to pay, but she was looking out for the best interests of my daughter. And so she came out and, like, did on-site visits, and this was after CCES. So the report could be released to her also. Um, she is supposed to review the history of our cases and, you know, get a general idea for what's been going on. And she meets one-on-one -on -one with the child. And so she did that at my house. She met one-on-one -on -one with her at his house. And then she, a number of times, was going out to her school and meeting with the child at the school. So that was her main point of contact. Um, and then, again, we ended up, you know, paying for all of her time. And then she had to attend any court appearances that we were being called to have. Can, and do you know ballpark if you don't want to answer it that's fine but you that had to be way more expensive than the the evaluation was yeah it was far more it came for me it came out to around six thousand dollars so it was the same for him so Holy you're crap. talking 12 12 grand to have a guardian ad litem and it sounds like your guardian did did a lot sometimes we have them you know in monco where they just for like a PFA or something, they show up or an MCAP, they call them, they show up and they're there for the day. And, and if it's by the court, the court eats the cost. But if a party, like you said, asks for it, then you got to pay for it. And obviously yeah. it's, it can be a pretty expensive proposition. Yes. Do you think it was worth it to have the, uh, the guardian? Uh, so I, on the surface, I could say no, because you guys will realize as we get, as we get along here, but, um, in my heart, yes. Um, because I feel like with how contentious our whole situation has been, I wanted as many people, as many professionally involved people as possible. 
um, because I was presenting very clear evidence and wrote up my petitions extremely clear as to what the issues were and why I thought things needed to be changed. And um, I, I felt that it was beneficial for knowing that this person has done this probably hundreds of times before and understands uh, what situations look like. So for that reason, I found it. Um, I do say, yes, it was worth it. So what I'm sorry, what was the reason for the contempt that you filed? What you said a year ago? I think you had mentioned, I don't know if you said it on air or not, but it was a financial issue going on. Oh, it, yeah, that was totally separate. So, oh, okay. um, yeah, this whole entire situation I'm talking about, I went to modify custody because him and I have had um, week on week off with her for many years and it, it is not working. Um, it's just very upsetting and he won't stop, you know, uh, being horrible even to her. So, uh, separately, I, I had a contempt that I filed earlier this year, just so it, just so it got in to our, whatever date we would end up going back, which was just this last week. Um, so yeah, there was that too. Cause, um, yeah, so it all started with a custody modification on his time. Yeah. 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 You had a custody modification and that's what what prompted the CCES evaluation. Yeah. And then you kind of later you filed a contempt for financial uh, issues and the judges yeah. usually piggyback everything. So they just, yep. if there's two or three, two or three things out there, they just say, look, I'm going to hear everything. Everybody's here. Yep. Uh, I'm going to hear everything. So I'm assuming, yeah, that's kind of the way it played out. And as James yep. was asking, the, the financial thing was him not paying for various medical expenses or yeah yeah it was it was written into our um, original order that you know uh for whoever has custody of the child will cover whatever medical dental mental health care like they will cover whatever fees um or appointment um charges happen on their custody time so I th see, it's I like, see okay. that could be a slippery slope in my opinion because, it, uh, it is but you, we had you, to have it we had to have it in there no and i agree with it and i i think it's good but i could see like a um a spiteful parent you know pushing off the need of their kid in order to you know rid themselves of the financial burden and then sending a sick yep. kid home or something getting worse because it wasn't treated but i can yep. see that being a slippery slope for sure is that anything that you dealt with um so what yeah, I I can't say that I ever noticed, you know, her dad is way more like, I'm going to schedule a doctor appointment and not pay for it okay. and tell them something's wrong with my kid and then nothing's wrong with her. So now it's pretty common occurrence when we go to the doctor, you know, the parents get asked to leave. They're like, you guys go wait in the waiting room. We're meeting with her by ourselves. And so it's come to that over the years. And so it's more of that. And that's exactly what happened was um, doctor fees, uh, the mental health care. And she got ordered like, you know, she's going every single week to a mental health care. And when those go unpaid, the providers don't want to continue. And so right. he was not paying them. So I went ahead for continuity of care and I paid them when he refused to pay them. And I would get emails from the providers after like two months and they're like, I'm not sure if you know, but there's like a $972 balance mm. on this account and we're not going to continue to see your kid. And I'm like, oh my God, what happened? I try to circle with him. 
what's going on. I get some stupid bullshit. And then I'm like, you know what? I just got to do this. So then I end up paying for the stuff that occurred on his time. And so he almost like is, weaponized that against you. Oh, he, he weaponizes everything. And yeah. his biggest thing to weaponize is finances. So right. that's his number one favorite. So you filed a contempt in court that he didn't pay that stuff. Yeah. Is that, yeah. will a court make him pay that? Like, how does that work? Well, I mean, it's written into so, our right? custody order that he had to. Well, so, so uh, if you file a contempt, and, and I'm, I'm just asking because I don't know, if you file in a contempt for that, will there be punishment as a contempt or will there be punishment and back paid? Like you have to back pay this or whatever. So it is, it is up to the judge. And this has actually happened with me a number of times before. Mm -hmm. um, and they will always have him pay what is due and they will also hold him in contempt and, you know, just make a statement in their paperwork that, you know, it is very clear in the order that, you know, you need to pay for these things on your own time. So that is what ha has happened like two, maybe three times um, in the past, like since, you know, 2012. Now you see um, that, that's, so, that brings up another point that I was going to say is like if this has happened multiple times, it seems like the contempts are almost like a slap on the wrist. Like, I, yeah. how far can a contempt go, Carl? Like, can, can they actually like affect change with a contempt? The, the courts, and I think we talked a little bit uh, on one of the other podcasts about it. The courts are generally pretty slow uh, in, in terms of really sanctioning people. Um, they they will usually make them, and I'm going to ask Gina when I'm after I make my pronouncement <laughs> what <laughs> happened in her case. But it, it the courts let people get away with murder, quite honestly, and I think they let them get away with too much. Yes, they probably will make him pay what he was supposed to pay. Will they make him? Well, in this case, Gina didn't have counsel fees, so. Will they fine him? Probably not. So ultimately, what happened in your case, Gina? What did they What did they do to him? Now, are you talking about the contempt or the modification? The contempt first. The contempt first. <laughs> okay. Well, you guys are going to love this. She. Uh, <laughs> it was on. It was on the schedule. My contempt was ready to go. I mean, it's been on the schedule for like four months. Um, him and his attorney the day before the hearing this week, the day before cross filed a answer and a new matter saying I was actually the one that didn't pay my medical fees. <laughs> and, yeah. And, um, and so the judge like in the courtroom was like, this is like unfathomable. Like the fact that you waited this long to put an answer in and now you're trying to tell the mother that she's in contempt because I put all of my evidence. I mean, she could have seen it. I don't know if they actually look at the attachments, but um, mm -hmm. so anyway, that was why my contempt didn't get heard. And she basically said, so she addressed it first before she told us what was happening with the modification. And so she said, you know, um, what's going on with this? The fact we got an answer and a new matter. I'm not going to hear that at all. I'm uh. not putting that on the calendar. And if the two of you, can't actually figure out this financial matter. Uh, mm. I will consider rescheduling it. You will not have to relist it. Uh, and if it comes to it that this could not be figured out and fixed, uh, mm -hmm. I can already tell you right now it's not going to be good. No, I was gonna... said, so, <laughs> okay. so for that reason, she said, um, I am not hearing uh, even the mother's contempt today because obviously 
father uh-huh. is trying to open up a new matter regarding it. So they kicked the she even she kicked yours, and you've been waiting for this money for a long time. Years. To, it's been going years. on for years. And then she continues. She being the judge continues it because now he's raised. Yeah. He's raised a defense. You know. Yep. Uh, it's uh, it's not me. It's you. Defense, right? Which is what yep. people always do. I'm not in contempt. You're in contempt. You know? Yeah. Right. <laughs> and, and it's a shame because now the whole thing is delayed in terms of you getting your money, and you got to go yep. back again, right? You got to have another yep. hearing. Yep. So, yeah. So so as as I was saying, the contempts. The judges just don't do much on them. They they don't like them, but it's very rare that you really see somebody get slapped slapped hard on mm-hmm. a contempt. It's it's unfortunate, and that's why I think keep people keep messing around because the judges just don't do much about yep. it. Yep. Yeah, it doesn't seem like there's a lot of repercussions for contempt. You go in there, all right, you're in contempt of court. Okay. So yeah, they could put <laughs> yeah. you in jail. I mean, they could fine you, yeah, but, but they, they don't. They could do a lot of things, but they don't. And I, I have yep. clients come in all the time. Well, I want her in jail. I want her to go to jail. She she's in contempt. I want her to pay my counsel fees. She's in contempt. And it just I tell them it just that's not it's not going to happen. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And, and mm-hmm. you're going to spend money on me if I'm filing and representing you. Mm-hmm. And you're just. Unfortunately, you're probably going to get what you're entitled to. Like, hopefully, in Gina's case, he's going to pay the money that he owes her. But look at how much work this is to get him to do what he's supposed to do anyway. Right. Yeah. It's it's a colossal waste of time and energy. Mm-hmm. And you're not even paying a mm-hmm. lawyer. <laughs> exactly. Yep. So it'd be even worse if you were paying a lawyer to get this all done. That'd be, so, that was, so the contempt didn't, didn't even get heard, right? <clears throat> Yeah, it didn't even get heard. Mm-hmm. And we and talked about this before, Carl, because like, I, I forget, I think it was two podcasts ago we talked about you. You had somebody who was doing this. Not that you're doing this, Gina, but there was somebody that was filing contempt after contempt after contempt after contempt. And you said they accumulated like 400 filings at the end of the year or something like that. You remember that? Yeah, that was our, uh, yeah, that was one of our, our court craziness one, but, but yeah, we, that, we talked about contempt on that. There wasn't that. even like, I, I mean, look, 400 contempts and there still wasn't any like serious re- repercussions for either party. No. That's crazy it, it, it to me. It clogs up the court system. As uh-huh. I said, the judges don't like them. Pretty much all, all you get from contempt is you usually will get the person to do what they should have been doing anyway. So uh, I'm optimistic that, you know, Gina will get her money, but it, it's, it's a shame. You got to wait all this time and go through, jump through all these hoops to get what you should have been entitled to right away. So, so that didn't get hurt. And then I just wanted to ask you one quick question, because you had mentioned one of the things you were trying to get paid was the mental health um, treatment for your, for your daughter. Mm-hmm. And I think you had mentioned maybe off air that there was even some question as to whether your daughter was going to get that treatment because I I was saying to you that that is what's called a legal custody issue. So normally Mm -hmm. you just can't take a kid and and sign them up with a counselor unless the other party agrees. Did you have any issues with him agreeing with, with that treatment? I I did have that put into place with the court. So there is an order of the court from about two years ago saying that if mother and father cannot agree 
on a mental health counselor for the child, that mother's choice will prevail and she can get the child signed up. So, Which is great. Yeah, that's um, good to have in there because then you have a yeah, tiebreaker. Yeah, I do have that like in my pocket. Yeah. Oh, good. Good. Yeah, because a lot of people, there's what people don't understand. And I was just having this argument in another case of mine um, regarding international travel. One one parent wants to take the child internationally and the other parent doesn't feel comfortable with that so because it's a relatively young child so you you have this this gridlock you know can we can we get a passport can we not get a passport am i going to agree am i not going to agree you see those a lot and then what happens is you have two people and and they don't agree so what do you do in your case it sounds like you had to go to the judge and say judge i want mental health counseling the judge said okay you could do it and then if you don't have an agreement you'll you know you pick the counselor yep yeah which is which is ultimately what happens if you can't if you can't get an agreement you have to go that route yes that's crazy to have to go to a judge to provide the proper mental care for your child that's what i said the thing that i don't understand is if you share legal custody if i am trying to get her treatment from a licensed professional and he says no why isn't me saying yes she needs it enough right like, like you should be allowed to make that decision exactly I, I agree with I'm that. a legal legal guardian yep but it doesn't work that way i think the problem comes well, in is that the decision is costing the other parent without the other parent being part of well, it well no i think it's the providers so the minute the providers know that there's a legal custody situation they want to know what that says and then they are unwilling to provide the care unless both parties consent or they have yeah, a court order most yeah, most mental health professionals will ask that both parties sign consent mm -hmm. to treat. So, yep. but you, these things come up in other ways too. I, I've had cases over the years where some maybe dad wants a uh, son to play football, and mm -hmm. mom doesn't want son to play football because she's you know have fear of concussions or whatever i mean she may have a legitimate basis for it that oh I don't, I don't want my kid getting concussed i don't want you know it's too violent i don't want him getting hurt so under that scenario can you does does dad just go and sign the kid up for football yes i've seen those cases and then mom won't take him to practice because it's on her time and then dad takes him to practice on his time so you see it in other contexts not just mental health treatment but mm -hmm. mental health treatment you have the problem is the the uh, counselor will not treat without a, a consent signed by both parties yeah um, that's that's crazy like <laughs> that's crazy to me it's well and you get, look over one one of the cases i never actually got to trial but i i had some some phone calls with various clients when this whole covid thing was coming out and when the whole when the vaccination you know started to be approved for younger children, there was a lot of problems with, hey, I want a mom wants to get the kid vaccinated, but dad says no. Mm -hmm. You know, suppose you had an eight year old, and mom says I want I want to get the eight year old vaccinated, and dad's like, well, I, I don't feel comfortable. I think it's an experimental vaccine. I don't I don't think it's safe for an eight year old. What, what do you do in that scenario? Just if mom takes the kid and gets the kid vaccinated, you can't undo it. Yep. I think it, I think it's contempt. Uh, well, what's contempt? You, you I'm really devaluating contempt. Time. But, I'm but sorry. see, here's the problem. We didn't, we didn't go down that road. I didn't allow it to happen. It was like, 
I was like, I'm pretty much going with whatever he says because I'm not, I'm not going to continue. We had too many issues going on at the time. He was keeping her out of school. It was going on two years. He didn't even let her go into school. It was a total nightmare. And so we got past that one quick. But I will say that the, in the end of things, sometimes the doctors come into it and they're like, well, our recommendation was this. And then, you know, they actually hold some weight sometimes with the way that the judges interpret custody and say, well, I mean, uh, the, the child's doctor wanted this. And I saw a few friends going through that. And I said, hey, man, I mean, you know, do what you got to do, but don't be yeah, sad if true. your child gets the vaccine. I mean, the doctors are all recommending it and you're probably going to be pushed into getting it. So do what you need to do, you know? Um, you're you're right if you can get a doctor too. to come in and testify. <laughs> yep. Great Jesus. But you're right. The doctor may be the tiebreaker. But look, doctors can have various opinions too. That's mm-hmm. doctor. So yeah, you these things, this this legal custody becomes an ongoing problem. And James, you touched on it. Like, why would somebody say, Hey, my daughter doesn't need counseling? I I think from a purely selfish reasons, sometimes people fear, and I don't know about Gina's case, but I know some people think, well, if that kid goes to the counselor, that kid's going to tell the counselor what a shitty parent I am, right? Well, guess what? Guess why why I ended counseling for her? The counselor ended up terminating the relationship, and she said, I am so highly concerned about your child. Um... Hmm. I, I've tried to speak with her freely about both households, um, just ask her what she wants to talk about. And she said every single time, you know, I'll say, oh, my gosh, what'd you do at mom's? You know, blah, 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 blah. oh, what'd you do at dad's? And she goes, your kid just totally clams up. She shuts up, but she won't say anything. And then she ignores me. And so she said, I feel like there's either trauma or she's been told not to talk about dad. And she said, I can't, I can't work with this. And then she terminated the relationship like four months ago. So I wrote to him, I said, the counselor's saying she needs, you know, um, but then my child's refusing to go. Now it's, it's been too many counselors because it's been bouncing around over the years and getting whoever he would agree to. And at this point, my kid won't even go. And mm. the court was mostly aware of all this, but they didn't really interpret it like um, your kid's been traumatized or told not to talk. Oh, your kid decided not to talk about dad. Oh, okay. And they just brushed it off. That counselor that discontinued the treatment doesn't come into court and testify, right? She no, wasn't there. No, at the no, no, no. Yeah, yeah. Actually, they she never, was one of the parties that her her um her employer would not allow her to connect with the guardian ad litem. They said we don't want to be in a, involved in anything legal. Um, we're sorry, but we're just not going to do this. And it would have been such a. And I said, like, this is major. Like, why can't you? I contacted her so many times and she's like, my hands are really tied. Um, Even if I do connect, I'm not going to be allowed to release anything to this woman. Um, You know, HIPAA laws, uh, different reasons that the center says. I'm like, my God, but you've been telling me this now for months. You know how she won't. And and, and that wasn't part of any that wasn't part of any of what ended up transpiring. One of the most important parts, you know. And Carl, you can't subpoena somebody like that to talk? Like, doesn't a subpoena make them talk? Well, on, on a counselor, you you have um, you have privilege, which means you have confidentiality. 
So mm-hmm. you can't make them disclose confidential communications again mm-hmm. unless both parents would agree to it. So mm-hmm. it's uh, you know it's oh it's, I see. So it would be damaging to him. So why would he agree to uh, that yeah. being released? He's okay. not. Yep. He's, he's, yeah, he's gotcha. not going to agree to it. I right. mean, most, you could you could ask, but he he knows if he agrees to it, he's going to have a problem. Right. He's going to get cooked. Yeah. Right. And when you're dealing with yeah, yeah. when you're dealing with a minor. Uh, both parties have to agree. I, if it's just if, if Gina was getting counseling and she she said, you know, I I, I waive the privilege and my my counselor can come in and testify as to anything I said to her, that could come in. But you know, it probably the counselor probably wouldn't want to do it anyway, which is the other side of the coin because they and they hate did. coming. Mine did at the last minute. Mine oh, did, okay. and her um she didn't have to come in. She talked with the. Uh, uh, with the CCES um, okay. right before mm-hmm. CCES was over. Um, and mine did for all of those reasons was that I, I gave her the privilege of doing it and her supervisor uh, was on the call too. So. Oh, okay. So that, so it sort of yep. came in through yep. the, through the report, right? Yep. A little okay. bit. Yep. So okay. it sounds like you obviously have done your homework on how to work your way around this system, which is pretty cool. Do you think there would have been any benefit to having an attorney representing you? Uh, not for me, because I would not have gotten so many points across and developed an understanding with the judge who is who needs to get it. Um, if I had an attorney, because I would not have been able to afford to get there. So right. for that, for the financial reason, now, if I had all the money in the world, might have had a different outcome. Um, but but yeah. I just, I so couldn't you, afford so you to feel like your uh, voice, take all that time with an attorney. Your voice was more heard on your own because you weren't constrained yep. to, you know, a, a dollar amount per minute. Yep. Yep. That's an interesting way of looking at it. That that makes sense. Carl, do you, do you charge yeah. like, like when you go to court, do you charge per hour? Do you charge like for a day? Like how, how does that work? Is it, is it dependent on this, on the situation? It usually, I usually charge hourly. So, you know, if I spend two hours there, I bill for two hours. You, you have prep time, obviously. You got to prepare for these things. Sometimes I will do a flat bill and say, okay, for, for a one-day custody trial, it's X dollars. And that includes the prep time. That includes, you know, up to eight hours of trial time. Sometimes I do it that way or sometimes I, most often I just do it hourly. Right. Okay. So, so Gina's right. You have to be focused. Like you can't, you can't go in there with just 50 issues. Right. Mm-hmm. I just, just don't have the time to deal with it. I mean, you have to pick your most important issues and go with those is what I tell my clients. Right. And, well, and I remember you saying that because when we went to court, you and I, for the body cam stuff, we were in there for like 10 minutes, but they had like 50 paragraph arguments and yeah. we went in there and we only argued two of those. Right. And, and I think one of the one of the downsides of being a pro se party and that somebody representing themselves is is they they don't understand kind of what's important or, and what's not important because it's it's their life. Right. They're they're fighting over their child. And I understand that. And they're fighting with somebody they generally don't get along with. So. But they don't really get that the, the same way we're talking about contempts. They don't understand that the contempt's pretty much 
not much is going to happen on a contempt, right? Mm -hmm. So if it's a minor thing and you're saying, well, look, I'm owed $500, it's sometimes easier to eat the $500 mm -hmm. than to pay a lawyer $1,500 right. to get it. Yep. And and that's unfortunate. Obviously, if you're representing yourself, you don't have that problem, but you still have your time and your. it's stressful. And I'm going to ask Gina, I mean, anxiety, right? And then stress of going into court and stuff. It's not, it's not a fun process for anybody. And earlier you had mentioned something, I think it was you, Carl, that, uh, something about arguing council fees. I, I don't, I forget what context you said it, but it made me wonder when you are representing yourself, obviously there's no council fees but would can you still argue for council fees for like lost wages or time or what a council fee might have been you could uh, you could but you're not going you're not going to get council fees if you didn't incur mm -hmm. you know if you didn't pay a lawyer right. uh, you could try to say well i lost time from work as a result of his actions and it cost me you know two days pay or two vacation days again it's pro you're probably not going to get money mm -hmm. uh when it comes to this it's just it's it's unusual that you would get um some sort of you know monetary payment you're usually maybe the, the person's going to get yelled at by the judge and then they're going to have to do what they're supposed to do anyway yeah i mean that makes sense and if you're arguing about somebody who's not paying bills anyway you're probably not going to get more money out of them <laughs> So right, and then you, then they're in contempt for not paying what the judge told. So the judge says, "Look, you got to pay Gene a thousand dollars." Then he doesn't pay it. So then, what does she that have to do? That has happened. That has happened yeah. a number of has times in the past. <laughs> then you got to file another contempt, happens. right? Yeah, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. So, like, I mean, man, I really hate to put it out on here, but like, it the contempts aren't really anything to be afraid of. It, it seems no. That's unfortunate. No, no, except you do. Look, if you're hiring a lawyer, you you have to pay the lawyer, so it gets expensive that way. If you're pro se, you don't really you don't have to pay a lawyer. But yeah, if, if people come into me and they go, "Look, uh, my my wife, you know, my wife says I owe her, you know, six hundred bucks for whatever, for for sports or extracurriculars," and you know, I'm not paying her. I would normally say, "Look." If they file a contempt against you, it's going to cost you more to pay me than mm -hmm. it is to pay her. So just pay her. Right. It's just dollars and cents. Yeah, I can represent you. It's going to charge, I'm going to charge you fifteen hundred bucks. Yes, we're probably going to win, but you, now you're out fifteen hundred bucks. And instead, you'd just mm -hmm. be out five hundred. Oh, we're just ballparking that figure. <laughs> if, you yeah, wanna, right. if you want to hire Carl, <laughs> we're just ballparking that. <laughs> 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 but it could be. I mean, it ends up being a whole day trial or something. You never know. Yeah. yeah, I mean, look, that's about right. I mean, that, that, that's probably, look, contempts don't take that long. And, and the, here's the order, Judge. He, here's here's what he's supposed to do. Uh, he's supposed to pay me this money. He hasn't paid me this money. They're usually not that complicated. So, mm -hmm. be, all right, so there's not really a whole lot of punishment, in my opinion, when you get a contempt. But does the rap sheet of a contempt affect your future ability to get more time or modify or child support or any of those things? Are they going to factor that in when they're making Have decisions? You, I was gonna say, I was going to ask Gina if she, your significant other has, has been found in contempt before, right? Yeah, there's probably five of them. Yeah. Okay. 
Um, and I guess I'll just, I'll just explain to you guys, you know, so the outcome of my modification, given that the CCS was very revealing, um, on a a number of like major items and concerns and, you know, and founded, you know, as to my petition, which means, you know, she was agreeing with me on a number of points of my petition. And, um, the judge just past week decided not to change the physical or the legal custody. And so it doesn't seem like any of the history, the contempts, the proof of, um, you know, dishonesty and um, actually not doing what's in the best interest of my daughter. All of that did not come above. um, The judge ended it like this. She said, thank God we were only there for an hour on Wednesday. I was so thankful but she said, look, the reason, the reason hinging my entire decision not to change custody here is that this has been so contemptuous and your daughter has literally been destroyed in, in this whole entire history between the both of you. And now she's, you know, entering her preteen years. And if I change things now, and shift her into a different custody schedule, I fear that it is going to re-trigger her anxiety that was so bad in the past. So if she is indeed settling into this, I want to leave her that way, but just know that we could not get accurate enough information from the child because she is too ingrained in trying to remain neutral. So she said, Mm -hmm. I recognize that. So I hesitate to do it because I do not want to trigger your child in a in an anxiety ridden way. She said, so even if she has, you know, she's been with a week for mom, she's been with a week for dad. Um, she said, I'm putting a bunch of um, parental behavior clauses into your order. So she went ahead and um, changed a bunch of other things like regarding um, phone calls being allowable because he has prevented her from making phone calls. So a lot of his behavior prompted um, the phone calls. Um, She put much stricter uh, guidelines and like the whole idea of what constitutes the the drug, alcohol, um, and unprescribed medication usage. Um, And interestingly enough, she also said another major factor is each parent has to maintain um, a vehicle with um, current registration and he's been picked up twice this year for no registration. Once was back in May or March. The other one was the day after the trial because mm. on 720. And wow. I was like, huh, he doesn't have registration. And I'm like, I wonder where she's going with this. So I think that she went ahead and she took her time and like got a full view of what's going on. Um, then she made a statement that my child's not allowed to go to his workplace. Um, so there were a lot of behavioral clauses put in, in an attempt to make her time with each parent um, more normal. And that was how she concluded it this week. That's... So, yeah, a couple just procedural questions. So when you got your CCES evaluation, that goes to the judge. Was there a recommendation to change the custodial schedule there in that? There was not. There was no. not, even okay, after the findings, that lady okay. said, this child has extraordinary anxiety, da-da-da-da-da. 
So I do not recommend changing custody oh, at this time. Oh, I think, okay. So, so the judge yeah. kind of went along with the CCES, right? And said, I'm not going to change she, custody. Yeah, she did. But she also mentioned a lot of um, past filings over the years. And, mm-hmm. you know, talked about how she knows our situation to be. So she, the CCES, I think, solidified everything for her and helped her um, do what she did. And so I'm thankful. I'm not like, you know, I'm not devastated. I was like, this is a reasonable professional person making the best, best decision that she can at this time. And I appreciate her for it. So I'm just really, really glad all of these other things got changed or at least put into the order. And now it's not an order by agreement, which we have been going back and forth with over all these years. Now the whole thing is a judge's order. And and when you got there on Wednesday, you said you were only there an hour. So I'm assuming there was no testimony presented at that time. No. Oh, it, no. She, the judge oh, basically listen. had the report, yes. had reviewed there, it. There was, there was no testimony, but let me tell you something. You're going to love this. So I hmm. had a, um, a butt-dialed voicemail where... Oh, uh, this is... James will like yeah, this remember? one. Remember? <laughs> so yes. the father had butt-dialed me like <laughs> the minute... The children and youth officer left his house back in November because the school called on him again. And it was like a minute and a half after this woman left. And the voicemail is him telling my daughter, because he's of another culture. So he is telling my daughter that basically me and my mom are racists and um, they don't want her to celebrate her culture that she is and telling her this is what you are. So I got the impression this actually stemmed off the fact he's going, we're being discriminated against. We're minorities. That's why children and youth is here. Oh, and by the way, your mom's a racist. You're this, you're that. Don't forget it. So I was like, I want this thing to be heard, but his attorney argued it last earlier this year when we were actually giving testimony and the judge at the time said ma'am hold it i'm going to have you guys back at a later point i'm going to research whether or not i can even hear this voicemail and you know i immediately i found a um you know there was huff versus spa this federal case out of kentucky in 2015 and the feds have said but dials are fair game like it's it's federal law i agree with that yeah, because I didn't, you know, take the recording. It was pushed on me without my knowledge. And well, not he's even that. using he le- a he, device yeah. where he's acknowledging to the risk of his device recording him. Yeah, so, I agree with that. I, he loses yeah. expectation of privacy as soon as he calls somebody. I, I <laughs> so just see, you know, we're going to argue with this heard, one, James. <laughs> so she heard the voicemail on Wednesday, so she decided to listen to it even after the Guardian and his attorney both said, this has absolutely no relevance to this case. We don't want it heard. But both of them said that. And then she said, ma'am, why do you want this heard? And I said, you have heard the father say a number of times he's never talked ill about me. And I even had put forward a contempt a couple years ago when he did speak ill about me. And now it's happening again. What other evidence am I supposed to include? I said, I, I want you to know it's happening because this is not okay for my child who is so anxiety ridden. Da, da, da. And she goes, I'm hearing this play the voicemail. So, Oh, she did, she did hear that. It. And mm-hmm. then 
She heard and it. And that's when he was calling you a racist and stuff? And... The what? I said he, he was referring to you and your family as being racist against him? Yeah. That's, yeah. that's what and, was and on kind of my daughter. On... Right, what do you think right. about that recording, Carl? Now, my, my thought, you know, because we have a two-party consent here in Pennsylvania, I, I would say he did not consent to be recorded because he didn't know he was being recorded, right? He, he's mm -hmm. got his phone in his pocket or whatever. It dials you, dials Gina. Gina's voicemail picks up, and he's just talking to his mother about stuff about Gina. No, he was, so, no, he was talking to him. He was talking to our daughter. Oh, he was talking to, okay, so he was talking to the daughter, but, but he was talking to the daughter. Yeah. He didn't under, he didn't know he was leaving you a voicemail though. Correct. Right. right. So well, my, well, my theory would be he didn't can, he didn't know if I call your voicemail and your voicemail picks up and I leave a message, I know I'm being recorded. He didn't know he had called your voicemail. Yep. Now I don't know what the Kentucky case law is or the federal case law. So, but yeah, federal law yeah, is one party consent. And then it became um, part of the Omnibus Crime Control and Safe Street Act of 1968. So it specifically says a person who knowingly operates a device that is capable of intercepting one's statements does not constitute a waiver of the expectation of privacy in those statements. And it went into federal law in 2015. I have to read that because so the mere fact that, that cause, you cause, cell phone? if you're being reckless with your device, that's your fault. Yep, that's I agree your with fault. That. That's what. The, yep, totally agree. Like if so somebody she, if somebody she, live streams yep. to Facebook by accident, has a whole conversation, that doesn't mean everybody who mm -hmm. watched it is in violation of the law. Exactly. Is you know? you're the idiot that did it? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, but had so but it's not a, you're not consenting it, to be recorded. You're consenting mm -hmm. to being recorded the second you own a device. Yes, I'm so pretty well, sure I, uh, it's in the I, terms I, of services of Apple and 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 Android. <laughs> anyway, <Discord. laughs> Carl, we'll get hung up on that for two hours. But I see your point. I understand what you're saying. Yeah, I have to understand. It's just that yeah, if you have something in your pocket, you're recording me. I don't understand that I'm being recorded, and I, I because I I'm not consenting to it. He didn't call and get your voicemail, Gina's voicemail, and say, okay, I'm gonna say the following 10 things it sounds like it didn't i mean it changed some of her she she added some other language to yep. to the order and and the problem you have and with that is now you you have more things that he can potentially violate in yes. which case if he potentially violates them then you come back on another contempt right yeah, but the thing sure. was, I listened to her carefully, and I am buying mm -hmm. the transcript so that I can be very clear. Mm. She basically read us the riot act the last 15 minutes of this trial, and she said, now, when she was going through the, like, the Pennsylvania, um, you know, the custody points, she went through all of them, factors, like, what is it, yep. 16 mm -hmm. or 17, the factors. Yep. And she was saying how heavily she weighted them in order of how she weighted them. And then she would say whether or not this was a safety concern of hers. And she marked a certain number of them safety. Then when she was getting ready to release us, she was like, I swear, if you guys keep on coming back in here and I'm getting answers saying, you know, mother is now in contempt. I'm not in contempt. You know, this, that, the other, because that's kind of like what he's been doing all these years. She's like, I'm not hearing it. 
just right now, I'm, I'm not hearing those. She said, if there's things safety related that you need to come in here and cover, those are welcome. But I'm not hearing any of these other ones that, you know, don't deal with the safety of your daughter. So I thought, okay, I need to know what those are. And I also need to know how to document them um, for when they start transpiring in the future. Right. So, yeah. so what's your next steps then from here? I'm just going to wait for her documents. Um, I already started reaching out to his attorney to see if we can get this financial thing settled to show, you know, she said, you have to make every single effort. She saw I've been making effort for years trying to get him to reimburse me. So now I'm going through his attorney to make this effort so that when we go back, whenever she invites us back for that, um, I'm going to say I've been making every single effort to get this done and he's just not acted still. Right. You know, so and, and just and see that, what happens. Yeah, that but. should be, if I'm representing him, it, 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 that should be resolved. Um, yeah. I mean, it, it should be because it's going to be more expensive. You're now, see, now, as we spoke on the other, the other podcast, now when, when Gina reaches out to his lawyer, he's going to get billed for that. Yep. And then, yep. so Gina's going to email his lawyer, his lawyer's going to email him. And then here mm-hmm. we go. Now, at some point he's, he's got to wise up and say look it's cheaper to pay it yep right so yeah you can you can finance and i'm I'm not saying you would do that but we spoke before how some people will do that you could send his lawyer an email every day and yep. he's gonna get billed for it yep I'm not, I'm not advising you to do that. (laughs) No, his lawyer already said, Hey, I'm so sorry. I'm leaving the country on Sunday. I'll be back on Thursday. Can we circle back? I said, absolutely. Just, I'll shoot your message two Mondays from now. Like, you know, I just waited this this long. Right. Uh, Well, I'm reasonable. It's not that I'm unreasonable, (laughs) but it's like, doesn't seem like there's a whole other ways around the court system. So, at this point, I think next steps is I kind of have to watch him personally burn and fail because he's in a whole lot of other stuff that's illegal and there's like money laundering and, you know, mm-hmm. he can't register cars because of his status at the state. And he's also not paying a variety of state things. I'm sitting here going, I feel like there's a shoe that's going to drop. Like, I'm just glad, you know, there's another thing, Carl, when we were there Wednesday, she took over 12 minutes questioning him and she kept on telling him hey sir you are aware you're putting this on the record and you're under oath do you want to answer oh. that again oh really so he he was she, maybe she saying that things over 12 that... minutes and then well, she hardly asked me anything yeah so yeah because you're, so, you're right you you testify under oath so if you testified of something that could be illegal that i mean that's a problem people don't yeah, understand that so i don't know why she exactly did that but I was like, yeah. I gotta buy this transcript. I have to have it on hand. Yeah, and it yeah, it always helps to have it because you 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 recall things differently. So it's better to just have the actual transcript. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I'm I was trying to squeeze in there. We are coming up on our time here. We're, we're pretty much maxed out. If there's any f- other final thoughts that either one of you want to add, now would be the time to do it. And uh, Gina, thank you very much for coming on again. Do you guys have anything else you oh. want to add? 
Thanks, you guys. No, it's just, yeah, thank, thanks you. to you, Gina. We'll probably get you back again because that sounds like your case. So you'll probably be back at some point in court. Yeah, I we'll don't do know. I'll let you know. I just hope not. I want to be so far away from that courthouse. You have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I don't blame you. Yep. Well, if you guys are going through anything like this and you want to have somebody represent you, you guys can uh, reach out to Carl. If not, maybe you can reach out to Gina and she could teach you how to do it on your own. But she's <laughs> <laughs> doing pretty well. Oh my goodness. But we will catch you guys on the next podcast. The information contained in this podcast is provided for general information purposes only. It is not intended as legal advice or advice for a specific case or legal matter. Nothing in this podcast should be construed as an agreement for legal representation. This podcast and parties do not represent you in your particular matter unless there's an express written representation agreement between you and this firm. If you're interested in obtaining legal services, head over to cnaplaw.com or call 215-268-6333 and schedule an appointment today. That's cnaplaw.com, 215-268-6333. For more high quality music like this, head over to bensounds.com.